Well, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I, know, I play a doctor on TV. I'm not a real doctor. Um, hey, we're, hey, what about that band? I mean, amazing. You know, I had to have them play a pump-up song because I've watched a lot of, like, ER in my past and Grey's Anatomy, and, like, those surgeons always have, like, this rock song going on. So they're doing surgery, and they're in there doing stuff, you know. It's kind of, you know, I don't know if that really happens or not. You can fill me in if you're a real doctor um, and everything. But, hey, guess what game we're talking about today? That's right, right. We're talking about operation, you know. We all get this little, look at this, watch this. Yeah, so we're talking about the game of operation today. You know, um, we've been talking about games, for, you know, for the, for the past two weeks here in the service, but even the past two weeks, we've all kind of maybe been a little bit immersed in, in the games, right? The, the Olympic games, right? And, and so, you know, it's been pretty, pretty cool um, to watch the Olympics. I mean, my DVR is filled up with it. I don't think, if it was on TV, we, it's, it's, it's in my house, so we can watch it. If you missed any of it, we, we've got it. Um, so uh, I'm going to be glad to get my DVR back next week and we can start watching some of my shows again. Um, but, you know, it, it's pretty amazing, though, with the, with, the, um, with the Olympic Games. There's some really bizarre Olympic events out there. Have you, have you seen some of these things or heard of them? They're so weird. Badminton, but badminton we know has been around. And if you've watched Forrest Gump, we know that ping pong's been around. So, but that, I'm talking some weirder stuff that I just didn't know until this year. So, what, anybody tell me what this is? Equestrian what? Dressage. Fancy word for dancing. So you can dance with a horse and be in the Olympics. Yeah. So, okay. Then you've got this. All right, so we have a sport that's soccer where you can't use your hands, and now we've got a sport where you can take a ball, throw it in a net, and you can use your hands, but you can't use your feet. I'm confused, people. This is just bizarre to me, and it's a sport. We get this. Okay, this next one. No. Yes. Where was it? Who said that? Yes. What, what was it? Pentathlon. But did I say it right? Yes. Okay. Do you know what this is? This is an ancient Olympic sport. It's been around long before. This is the modern day of the sport. Before, it was with the javelin and different events, but it was to simulate that of being a soldier, what a soldier would have to do in battle. So it involves fencing, and then from fencing, you go and you swim 200 meters, then you go and shoot a pistol, then you go get on a horse, because every soldier gets on a horse these days and jumps them, and then, then we go run uh, 3,200 meters, and that's an event. All right. Now, my favorite. Now, Lee, I have to admit, I watched this next one, and I watched it on TV for three hours, this next event, and I swore the guy that was in second place was you for a long time, with you and when you wear your sunglasses. But I, I don't see you doing the sport, but we'll see. This, this, this one here. Race walking. What in the world? It is the most bizarre sport I've ever seen. You, you, you go like this. Your feet got to stay. You got, you got, your hips have got to move a certain way or something. It's bizarre. Oh, man down from walking. I mean, I mean, can you, man, you get your hips? You go, well, you're going like this, back and forth. I mean, they got it going. They, I, go back and watch it, and I promise you, you put your sunglasses on, and it looks just like you. You've got a twin brother in Slovakia. So... But, yeah, I mean, the most bizarre sport I've ever watched. And we watched it for three hours. <laughs> I mean, can't believe it. We just couldn't. It's like a train wreck. You're like, I, I couldn't believe it. It's bizarre. 
But it's been fun watching the games, hasn't it? I mean, really, he's been able to kind of focus and take his minds off of things. But, you know, so the Olympic Games, I mean, Jackson's decided he's taking up race walking. We've had him race walking laps around the, the house now, and he's training well. He's got the motion down. Um, we even bring out the little, you get disqualified for walking. That's what was, that throws me off. I'm just, I'm sorry. I can't get past the sport. I mean, they have little cards that show you that your knees bent too wrong or, or you, your foot came off the ground. And I don't know. It's bizarre to me. But, you know, like I said, we've been in a series for the past two weeks now on, um, on, on the game and the game of life that is thrown at us. You know, we are in our own really Olympics that, that we face each and every day of our life, and, and there's lots of different things. And, and, you know, like you guessed earlier, we're in the game of operation this week. And, um, and you know, the point of the game of operation is that you, um, you get a card, you draw a card, and you are told what you have to go in and get inside the body. You have to go in and get the Charlie horse and pull it out. And, um, and hopefully you don't set off the little buzzer and the nose. And, and you hope that you win. I was terrible at this game because it takes skilled, like, patient hands to, do, to win without touching the little metal sides. And, and, and the other game that I was really bad at when I was a kid, I, I don't even know if it's around anymore. I think it was called the Perfection. And you had to get the little, yeah, without it popping up and going all over the place. Drove me nuts. Um, and, and so this game kind of drives me crazy, too, because it takes patience and, and that. And I'm... I'm much all over the place type of person, if you haven't guessed already. And, and so, you know, it's that. But we're going to talk about this game that we're given a card, and, and you know, we're told what part we have to go in and operate on. And, you know, in life, um, God gives us a spiritual card that sometimes lets us know that there's something that needs to be operated on inside. So today we're going to talk about the spiritual, the game of spiritual operation that needs to take place inside of us some, at, at times. But before we go there, I want to kind of go back and look at the game we played last week, which was risk. Did anybody take the challenge of, of actually doing something and taking a risk and stepping out and doing something for the first time this last week? Anybody? We had somebody in the last service. I mean, it's going to take a risk to even admit it. You did? Awesome. Well, look at this. Like, she took a risk and had stepped outside of her comfort zone and ended up getting a job for her. I think that deserves a round of applause. Thank you, Lexi. And Lexi here, thanks for stepping up and taking the risk to step up and talk to people. Here's a gift certificate for Sweet and Sassy Barbecue for $10 so you can go out and get something to eat afterwards. So, Lake, thank you so much for that. You know, she was willing to take a risk, and we had to talk about the risks. We talk about the game of risk and that it's a game of strategy and we have to be willing to, to do different things. But there were two key points last week that I, want, I thought were, I like wearing these gloves because you can turn pages really good. It's good for Bible reading because you know how thin those pages are. But okay, see, I'm getting sidetracked. Um, but there were two point, key points for us to remember from last week's game of risk. That in order to win at the game of risk, we needed to first and foremost, we needed to surrender our lives completely to God, which means that we had to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, repenting of our sins, and submitting to God's plan for our life. It's a lot. It's a big chunk there. But we had to surrender our lives to God in order to win at the game of risk. And, and the second part of that wasn't just accepting Jesus as our Lord and Savior um, or there, but it, it meant it required us that we needed to take action for God. 
And, and so um, we need to learn to take action for God and, and do what he's teaching us um, and by not just listening to what we're doing, by not just coming here this weekend and listening to what God has for us this weekend and then going off and living our life next week all the same, um, it, it required us to take action this, this past week. You know, I, I challenged us this past week for us to step out and take risks in our relationship with God and, and to, to grow in our relationship with God. And, um, and so hopefully some of you did take that um, in, in there. But, you know, it's about those are the two big takeaways from last week's message and the game of risk. And this week we're going to be taking a deeper look into some of those risks that you need to take um, in the game of operation. You, we're living out, living out God's message. Are we living it out inside ourselves? Are we taking the risks um, and, and living that out? You see, when we take the risk and we, we took the risk and accepted Jesus Christ as uh, our Lord and Savior, we can hang our hat on this verse in Romans 10, 9. For if you tell others with your own mouth that Jesus Christ is your Lord and believe with your own heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And we can hang our hat on that. But see, and, and that's where the beginning portion of our relationship with God goes. And if we took that risk, that's where it starts. But it goes beyond that. You see, it goes beyond just that, that initial relationship with God. Because for so many of us, myself included, been, when I started this early relationship with God, it would be I prayed, accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior today on Sunday. And on Monday, I went back to the, my normal life of living and doing everything that I was doing before I accepted Christ. And, and that's the pattern in life that we tend to go over, you know, and, and it was like that. It was repetitive. I would go Monday through Friday and, and, and on Saturday night, go out, do something. And I would come to church on Sunday. I'd feel bad about it. I'd pray about it, ask for forgiveness. And I'd pick up on Monday and start living the same thing over and over again. You see, it's much more than us just doing that. It, took, it wasn't until about 16 years ago when I first came to Salem Fields Community Church that the, the messages, I started to really take home the messages and started applying them to my life because that's what God wants us to do. It's not about us just coming to church this weekend, hearing a good message, putting a checkbox in the mark in the box that, that we were here, and then going on and carrying it out with our life um, like we did last week. God's hopefully bringing you here so that he can, he can do something inside of you. Hopefully he's doing a spiritual operation in your life today so that we can work on that and, and be victorious in the game of life as we leave here today. You see, it's about taking... And applying what it is. It's about the stage and the status of our heart that, that it comes down to. You know, God wants to be in relationship with you and he wants to work on your heart to heal your heart by doing a spiritual operation on it. You see, because where our focus and our heart is, is where our treasure tends to be. Matthew 6, 21 says, for where your treasure is, your heart will be there also. You know, if you're new to church and you've been turned off by different things in church, this, last, this next word I'm going to use to you probably is one that most people don't like to hear in church, and that's the tithe. And I'm only using this for a short portion of the message, but I'm using it because it really illustrates something important about the status of what God wants from us. You know, he tells us to tithe, and we take the morning tithes and offering, and that is 10% of what we are given. But God doesn't necessarily care about that 10% because reality is the 100% that we have is already God's. And he's given us 90% of it back. And he just wants that 10%. But you see, what it comes down to is, is God, because he knows where your 
treasure is, your heart is as well. Where your heart is is where your treasure is. And so are your, is your heart more put on that of your finances or that of God? And, and so this is a heart issue when it comes down to this of the tithe. You see, see when, what God is, is saying is that I'm not concerned about the money. He's saying I'm concerned about the status of your heart. Do you love me and trust me with, with this area of your life? You see, it takes people giving. It takes your giving. When you gave in the offering this morning, if you used the app or you gave in the offering online um, or the giving kiosk this morning as you came in, when you give in that, we need the offering because it keeps the church going. It keeps the doors open on church. And that's the case for any church across America, not just Salem Fields. That's, that's the truth. But more importantly, it takes giving people to keep the, heart of people, the hearts of people open and hearing the message of God. You see, it's a heart thing about the giving piece of it. You know, it takes you being willing to give because your heart's in a place of where you can give that's going to help that for people to be able to come to the opportunity to come to know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. It's a heart issue. That's what, that's what the operation that we're going to discover today is that we're going to go and we're going to take on doing heart surgery in the game of operation today. Inside Ken here, this is what I named him because Jody had a mannequin head when she was a kid and they named it Kenrick. And so this is why I've got Ken here today with me. So everyone say hi to Ken. He, he doesn't speak much. Um, you know, but the reality of it is this, it becomes a heart issue. It's the heart issue of where we're at. You see, if we're calling ourselves Christians and we're not living out the message, what, are, what, what message are we sending then to those that, that aren't Christians? That it doesn't really matter. You know, if your neighbors are here, uh, if, you're, if you're here today at church and your neighbors are at home and they didn't go to church anywhere, are they seeing a difference in your life when you go home and you live out your life throughout the week? That's the question you have to ask yourself. If not, then why would they ever want to come to church? That's the thing. You know, you see what it is, is the world is looking for those that are calling themselves Christians. If the so-called Christians, this is what they're saying about us, that call ourselves Christians. If the so-called Christian can't live for God correctly, then what makes me think that I can do it? And see, we need to start looking at how are we living Monday through Friday, through Saturday? You know, how are we living when we leave here? You see, this morning it's time to discover about allowing God to play the game of operation in our lives. We need to get our spiritual house in order. And our spiritual house is our body, the temple of God. He, he lives inside of us, and this is his home. And if our house is dirty and cluttered with stuff, we're not letting God live there pretty at all. And he's got to do some work. So how do we know if we need spiritual operation? How do we, is it that we know? Well, we need to do as the song said that we sang right before the message, um, not the one Rich did, but the one we all sang together, where we were supposed to be clapping together and participating in worship together, is that we were supposed to search our heart. We're supposed to ask God to search our heart. And as God searches our hearts, he will reveal to us what it is that we need to do to get rid of in our life. In Psalms 139, 23, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart, and test my thoughts. 2 Corinthians 13, 5 has the great questions that we all need to ask ourselves, myself included. I will share with you like I shared with the 9 o'clock, and I'm, I'm, I'm 
move beyond where I was this morning, but I'll have to be honest with you people this morning. I did not want to come to church this morning. I received a phone call last night that, that, that took me down this morning, and I was just kind of down, and I just wanted to stay at home and, and be in bed um, because I started allowing some of these things that we'll talk about, some stuff that aren't in your notes that I'll talk about that allowed to creep back into my heart um, this morning. But the questions that we have to ask ourselves are this, is a check up on ourselves. Are we really Christians? Do we pass the test? Do you, by passing the test, do we feel the presence of God's power more and more within us? Or are we pretending to be Christians when we actually aren't? Paul writes that out in 2 Corinthians 13.5. In, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, is a new creation, a new, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. But how many of us are still living in the old when the new is supposed to be present? We need to be doing that. Is our life different because of our relationship with God? Is our life different because of our relationship with Jesus Christ? There are things, there are always things, no matter where you're at, if you've accepted Christ and you're living out a Christian life, there's always things that God will reveal to us that we need to remove and that needs to be continually operated on. And that's what I learned this morning about myself. You see, what needs to be removed in a spiritual operation in order to win? And, and, and that, that things that, it's the things that cause spiritual cancer around our heart. This is a spiritual cancer. This vest represents spiritual cancer that's around our heart that we allow to come in. It says in James 1, 19 through 21, it says, So throw the spoiled virtue of cancerous evil in the, in the garbage. In simple humility, let our gardener, God, landscape you with the word, making a salvation garden in your life. When we've got spiritual cancer in our heart, the evil things of this world start to pour into us and we move further and further away from God. And it keeps us trapped to live in the same old lifestyle even after we say that we've accepted Christ as our Lord and Savior. These, there are certain things that, that make up spiritual cancer and I had a discovery of some of those new ones in my life this morning and I'll share in a moment. But what the Bible says in, in Mark chapter seven, um, he talks about some of these things that are, that are spiritual cancers in the lives of people. And you may say that, no, I'm, I, this, these, aren't, these aren't me. None of these apply to me. Well, that's, that's good. But there's something that will apply to you in, at some point God will call you out on. The, the spiritual cancer, the, the, the things that cause spiritual cancer in the lives of people are, are that of sexual immorality. You know, are, are you still struggling with lust? Are you looking at pornography? Um, are you involved with a sexual relationship outside of that of marriage, outside of how God designed it to be? By doing that, you're allowing spiritual cancer to form in your heart that will keep you from a full relationship with God, living out what it is that you're doing. Is it theft? And you may say, well, I haven't stolen anything or, or I haven't robbed the bank or anything like that. And I'm not just talking about that type of theft. You know, maybe it's that you go to the office next week and you're there and you're like, oh, I need a couple of uh, big pens for my house and, and you take them home. Or it can go even further than that. Are you, are, you, are you stealing from your time from your family? Are you stealing from time from God? Are, are, you, are you a thief in that way, in that manner? Are you, are you murder, a murderer? 
But hopefully if you're a murderer here today and you, you admit it, that um, we'll turn you in and we'll find Jesus for you. Um, no, but that's not what I'm saying. Murderer is more beyond that. Remember what Jesus says in Matthew. He talks about even the things that we think inside of our mind, we're guilty of. You know, when he goes on to talk about that of lusting and, 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 and over someone um, and we're married and we maybe say, have a lustful thought about somebody else, that is as guilty as committing adultery as committing, physically committing adultery. So the same thing applies for murder. Do you have feelings of anger against someone or a group of people that you wish them dead? Our world does. We can turn on the news and we can, I can watch Facebook posts and we can see what people are posting out there about different groups of people about, well, man, they should be wiped off the face of the earth. You know, the big struggle with ISIS and those things. And yes, they're, they are doing evil acts and that evil is never going to be erased from the world until the time Jesus Christ comes again. So there's always going to be evil. But God doesn't call us to go out and murder them. He's calling us to love our neighbor as ourselves. And guess what, people? They're our neighbor. And, and, and while it's tough and it's struggle, and you can struggle with the whole, the whole aspect of that, it's still, if we are wishing ill will on somebody else in that manner, that we wish them dead, then we might as well have murdered them. Adultery. Are you allowing social relationships with people other than your spouse to, to, to take place? Are you allowing those relationships to creep into your life that could lead to an emotional or physical affair? The trap is there, and, this, and as you allow those things to creep in, cancer starts forming around your heart, blocking you from God. Is it greed? Is it hoarding the things that you've got? Because I've worked so hard for them. I, I've worked so hard for what I have. And, and, and it's mine, 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 rather than using what you've been given to help others the cancer that's forming around your heart? Is it hatred? Hatred different than that of murderous hatred, but hatred of just even being unforgiving? Is it, are you allowing the unforgiveness in your heart because of someone's wronged you? Maybe it's a spouse, an ex-spouse, a child, a parent, someone, a friend, somebody that's wronged you, and you're allowing the unforgiveness in your heart to creep in and cover your heart still with this cancer that's clouding you and and and. and allowing you not to be successful in winning in the game? Is it, is it deceit, not being honest? Is it, the, is it vulgarity? Is it the, you know, in the way you talk? Is it, are you talking shop talk on Monday, but trying to talk Jesus talk on Sunday? You know, is it going back and forth? Or how, how, are you, how are your conversations between you and others? Is it envy? Are you jealous of other people around you? That's, that's, that's poison in your heart? Is it slander, making up stories about other people to make yourself look better? I mean, anyone go down to the, the, the Trump thing last night in Central Park? You're, you're brave. Yeah, you're brave. But you understand, on both sides of the table, between Trump and Hillary, there's slander going on. And, and that's wrong. And you can see that the evil that's creeping in to our political system is just corrupt and evil regardless of how we look at it. And we want to say one candidate is better than the other, but they're both slinging evil, cancerous evil from their hearts at each other, not Christ-centered politicians. Arrogance and recklessness can creep in and around our heart. Are we being foolish with what that is God has? It says in Mark 7, 20 through 23, he says, he went on. What comes out of a person is is what defiles them. For it is from within, 
for it is from within and out of a person's heart that evil thoughts come, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. And you know, other things that maybe can, that start creeping into your life can lead up to some of those things. That, that, that takes me where I was at. You know, I received a phone call last night and I, I was real honest with the nine o'clock and I've, I've kind of dealt with it and I feel better today. So nine o'clock service, they got me and I was a little more down um, in, in where I was at. But I received a phone call. I've been praying on something for a very long time. I've been dealing with some stuff, trying to figure out where God, what God has for me and different things and for a long time and, and things were going a certain direction. And I receive a phone call that kind of takes everything that I thought and it flips it upside down yesterday. And at first I accepted it. I'm like, okay, well, this is God's answer. And you know, and sometimes we just aren't accepting the God's answers in, in a way. We, we accept it. Okay, it's God's answer. But then as time goes on, we can start to feel different things. And so I felt fine last night. I was happy. I was fine with it. I was like, okay. You know, I was a little numb from the conversation. But, you know, I thought I woke up this morning and I was... I was down in the dumps about it. I was feeling depressed. It, it caused me to feel feelings of, of, of doubt about myself. It, it started causing me to feel feelings of, um, of worthlessness, of, um, of, of rejection, and, and different things. And it, it started creeping in in my heart this morning. And, and, and it made me feel that this in such a way that I didn't want to come to church this morning even though I had to preach the message. So you guys could have come here, worshiped, and been out of here a while ago. But God had a different plan. God used this in my own life. He's using the operation message in my own life as we speak. That's how I know this is a message from God, and it's not something that I just conjured up last week and said, hey, this is what we're going to do. It's that God had to show me that even though those feelings were there, those are things I needed to start working on because my identity isn't in those things which I thought might have been coming from a phone call or different things. And those, those feelings that I had aren't reality because, see, I had to start tearing apart the cancer. And I had to start tearing apart the cancer and realizing that God loves me. And, and he, he loves me so much that, that he, he needed to give me a spiritual hug this morning. And, and, he, and he wants to do that for each and every one of us. You see, God wants to take what I was feeling this morning and let me know that it was something I needed to operate on myself before coming to you guys this morning. It was coming down here, sitting here, singing Search My Heart at 9 o'clock this morning that it, before I even realized what was going on, I was just going to come up here and I was going to deliver a message that God had given me, but God allowed me to give you some bonus points this morning in the game of uh, operation by talking about the fact that, that there's some things in our lives that aren't on this list that Matthew and Mark. And sometimes it's the doubt and the hurt and pain that we're feeling that we allow to allow that just to be our complete focus and it takes our focus off of what God wants to do that will allow spiritual cancer to start growing in our heart. This thing's soft. <laughs> and, and there's comfort in that. And there's peace that comes from that. You know, there's peace from holding on to the heart of God when you allow the heart of God to start penetrating your heart and comfort that comes from those things. And that's what I wanted to share this morning is, is, you know, the message notes are there, but I think the real message that God's trying to say is that it doesn't matter where you're at today. It doesn't matter what you did last night. Um, 
what matters is that you're here right now and God wants you to know that he loves you and he loves you this much. Remember that as a kid? How much do you love me? This much. And God loved us so much that he allowed his son to, to be laid out on the cross. And for his heart, the blood that was pumping from his heart to be spilled out on to the ground for you and for I. For me. But probably so English majors, and sorry. For me. You and me. God wants you to know he loves you. He's crazy about you. And he wants nothing more than to heal you from the spiritual cancer that's trying to get into your heart or has been there that needs to be rooted out. You see, there's a way that you can go through these. How do I remove those spiritual cancers from my life? How do I remove them? By being in a relationship with Jesus Christ. By living that out and believing with your voice, with the words that you say when you say that prayer, like what it says in Romans, Romans 10, 9, again, for if you tell others with your own mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord, your Lord, your Lord, not theirs, but yours, because it's a personal thing, and yes, he is theirs too, but you've got to take it personally first, that he's your Lord, and you believe it with your own heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you have the first step into being able to heal from the spiritual cancer that's attacking your life today. You see, when you start feeling on those things, you know what happened? When I started feeling that doubt, when I started feeling this, this thing of rejection and the things of, of, of that and, and the question that I had today, this, 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 the buzzer went off in my life. And there's times when the buzzer goes off in our life but we ignore it. This would be hard to ignore. I mean, Almost to the point of being annoying now, isn't it? But that's, that's the truth. That's the reality. The spiritual cancers in our life, if we ignore them, it will get very annoying in our life, and it will cause us to start moving away from God and different things, and we need to be healed. There's a warning sign inside of our life and our heart. The Holy Spirit working in our life allows us to know what it is that we need to operate on. We can choose to ignore it and the cancer grows and gets bigger and spreads throughout us further and further, keeping us from God. Or we can allow ourselves to dive in while it's painful. Surgery is never easy. It's never painful. And we can dive in by using the proper tools of surgery to, to operate on those things. And what are those? We, the second thing we have to do is not only be in a relationship with Jesus Christ, but we need to grow deeper and not just accept him, but we need to start growing our relationship deeper with God through reading his word. reading his word. This is the operating manual for our life. When you're dealing with some issues, there's things in here that will help you. How to perform surgery on your heart. How to get in there and dig out those things. Well, it says in, in um, it says right here in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For whatever God says to us is full of living power. It is sharper than the sharpest dagger, cutting swift and deep into the innermost thoughts and desires within all their parts, exposing for us, exposing us for what they really are. You see, when we allow the, God, the word of God to, to go in, surgically go in and start dissecting and opening us up and opening our heart, it will start showing us what it is that we really need to get in and get out of our heart. Maybe it's past abuse. Maybe it's past rejection from, from people. Maybe, you know, that, that's what it's touched on. When I, I realize this right now, 
It's coming to me. The rejection I felt in, in that of unworthiness comes back from the childhood rejection I felt as a kid. That I wasn't good enough. And that's what that brought in, that this, this phone conversation made me feel in that way, that I wasn't good enough. And the reality is, is I'm good enough because God makes me good enough. He makes each and every one of us. But I, that, that's what I have to go in and operate on right now. That's realizing that I have to allow that to go back in and heal from those feelings of feeling rejected or, or different times as my childhood because it's affecting me now. It's a good thing I have a mother-in-law that's a counselor. She's helped me figure these things out. You know, and, and when I do that, I need to stop focusing on those bad things that have happened, but I need to start focusing on the good things. We need to start focusing on the good things, people. You know, it's so easy for us to turn on Channel 4 and see all the negative things that are going on, Fox News, CNN, all those things, and we can start, it starts to drag us down. But we need to realize and take a big look around the good things that are happening around us today. You've got someone that's sitting next to you this morning. Look at them right now and say, they're a good thing. Oh, I didn't see you do it. All right, there we go. All right. <laughs> you're a good thing. That's a good thing that you're here right now with that person sitting next to you. That's a good thing. That's a good thing that you were able to be here this morning. We need to focus on the good things because it changes. When we start focusing on the good thing, it starts changing our thoughts. It starts changing the way we look at life. It starts changing the actual physical aspects of how our heart is because we're not so stressed out with the negativity. See, as we take care of the spiritual operation, it will lessen some of the physical operations we need to have in life. You see, Paul writes it in Philippians 4, 8, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on such things. He wants us to think on the good things because that's going to help heal and recover the spiritual cancer from our heart and the operation game. To win in the game of operation and to win at the spiritual operation, it requires one of the same skills, and that's of patience. We have to be patient with God as we start to work on the spiritual operation in our hearts. It's not something that just happens overnight, that we're, boom, we're praying, we're laying it down, we're surrendering, and we're giving it to God that it's just going to be fixed, and we move on. There's some work that has to be done. There's some work that has to be done on our part. Just like with a surgery, you have to have the recovery process. You need to have a recovery process, and, and, and you have to use the tools that God's given you to do that. Not only is the Bible good for operating, uh, with, on you with, but it's also good for the healing process, the recovery process. You see, God wants us to understand that when we have this spiritual surgery and we, and we allow him to take control, he's going to free us from the contaminants of our heart that are trying to poison us and poison our relationship with him and poison our life. You see, we have an enemy that's out there, like I said last week in the game of risk. We have an enemy that's out there that wants to deal nothing but to steal and destroy you. And he wants nothing other than the spiritual things and the spiritual negativity things to penetrate our heart to cause the cancer to grow. 
But it's up to us to allow God to go in and cut that out and remove it and trust in him. Because that's what God really wants for us. In 2 Corinthians 7, 1, it says, Therefore, since we have these, these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates the body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of the reverence for God. He wants us to get these contaminants out of our life. In order to win at the game of operation, we're going to have to take a deeper look at ourselves. We're going to have to take time this week to take some time to reflect on what it is that's going on in our life so that we can end up with a pure heart that God's designed for us. Is this still creeping you out back there? That's what I thought. The lighting guys got creeped out by the hands on the heart. But, you know, God wants this from us. He wants, he wants to wrap you with a spiritual hug today. He wants you to know that if you allow him to operate, if you allow God to operate, on your spiritual life and not the world, you're going to have victory. The cancer will be torn away and you'll end up with a pure heart of pure love that comes from that of God who delivered to us through his son, Jesus Christ. That's what he wants for each and every one of us today in the game of operation. Are you willing to take that step? Are you willing to take a little risk to allow God to operate in your life? This morning, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, and we give you praise for what you're doing in the lives of, of, of us today. I thank you personally for what you're doing in my life and how you were able to, to show me exactly what I had to operate on today. That The Father, that there was some spiritual cancer trying to creep into my heart, but Lord, you revealed to me what it is that I needed to get back and surrender and I need, that I still probably need to do some work on, Lord that it's just not completed here today, but there's some work that I have to do in myself with those things. So Lord, if there's others that are out there that are like this today, Lord, would you just give them the encouragement? Would you give them the nudge? Would you allow the alarm buzzer to go off inside their heart to, to hear and sense what it is they need to operate on in their life today? Would they be willing to, to go back and risk it by surrendering that to you so that you can take action in their life and that they would take action themselves to get those things fixed. Lord, we all need to heal from spiritual cancer. The world needs to hear, heal from the spiritual cancer, Lord, but it has to start within us here. We have to fix our hearts and align our hearts with you, Father. So would you give us the strength to do that? Maybe you're here this morning and you would say, Jason, I've never even taken the step to acknowledge that relationship with God, that, I, that he would even be able, I could even imagine being in that relationship with him. Well, I'm here to tell you today, all you have to do is believe with your heart and confess with your mouth that he is Lord and that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. When you acknowledge that is all it takes to start healing from the spiritual cancer, the first step. You can do that by praying this prayer with me this morning. You don't have to pray it out loud. You can pray it in your heart. God knows your heart. Remember, we learned that last week, that God is always present. He's in our heart, in our mind. He knows what's there. He knows what's going on. We can't hide from him. So you can pray this out loud, or you can pray it in your heart, but pray with true sincerity that, Father, I come before you today, and I know that I'm a sinner, and I ask for forgiveness of my sins, and I acknowledge that those sins are forgiven through your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross. 
and that now by acknowledging him as my Savior, Lord, I know that those sins from my past are forgiven and they are to be thought of no more, that you've erased them from my life. And I thank you, Father, for that. Maybe you're here this morning and you just have a spiritual operation that needs to take place in another area of your life. Maybe it's the self-doubt. Maybe it's different things that are creeping into your life that you need to surrender today at the cross. Surrender at the feet of God this morning. During this next song, I can invite you, if you need to, you come and pray up at the front or just pray in your seat. But let's, let's allow God to go a little deeper in these last moments that we have together. Let's allow God to penetrate our lives, to heal us from the spiritual cancer that we've been facing and wrestling with maybe for some time. Allow this time of worship to be a time of surrender, a moment of surrender to him. And we'll give him all the praise and all the glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let us stand and let's close out and worship him with this song this morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm.